be seated. Good morning. Welcome to everyone. We are glad that you're here today and we welcome our guests, especially you're very special to us and we're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God this morning. Uh, are you looking for a white Christmas? Ah, here, yes, out there. Well, it looks like we may have one. It's uh, it's starting a little early, but uh, we're we're glad to see that, and glad to see that you uh, brave the weather to come out uh, to be with us today this this morning. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me re- remind everyone of our attendance sheets. They're on each row. I'd like to ask everyone, if you would, to take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Uh, and notice we don't have any clipboards anymore. We got a nice little little pad there, and uh, so that's that's wonderful to see. Thank you, Nibby, for that. And uh, um, and it, it's it's wonderful. So take that and fill it out and check the appropriate box on there. Especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter that comes out each week, give us your email address and we'll uh, put you on our list to receive that so you can keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, Just a few things that are coming up this week I'd like to call to your attention. On uh, Wednesday, we'll be continuing our uh, series on Advent. Uh, We are meeting along with uh, St. Paul's Episcopal Church. They are joining us uh, to celebrate Advent together uh, each Wednesday through this season, and uh, we'll continue that this week. And uh, we will have dinner at 530, uh, I'm sorry, 545, and then uh, have a Bible study time at 630. And so we hope that you'll come and be a part of of those uh, events on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, we'll be having joy lunch for our senior citizens and encourage you to come and bring a friend and bring a dish, and and, uh, we'll share that time together and Miss Summer is our program, and uh, I think it's appropriate. We're talking about music today, and, and isn't Christmas a time of music? It is a time of music, and Summer will be bringing us a program of music uh, at Christmas time on, on Sunday. Uh, one other thing I'd like to call your attention. Uh, some of you participated in, um, in a program that we did uh, a year or so ago called uh, Supper 6 or Supper 8. You know, it kind of depends on how many people we have uh, signed up. And and so we're going to launch this again at the uh, beginning of next year. So if you would like to participate in this, please call the church office to let us know. Give us your name. And basically what this is, is we will be forming groups of uh, six to eight people uh, to meet together and uh, to have supper uh, together, no agenda, no Bible study, just fellowship time, just uh, just to enjoy one another's company, just to get to know each other a little better. And so this will give you that opportunity. Um, and so if you would like to participate in that, just give us a call. Give us your name. Uh, if you're a part of a couple, we will be sure to, to put you together so that uh, you're not going this way and your spouse or is, go, is going that way or something like that. So uh, uh, it's, it's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time of getting to know each other. So uh, we encourage you to be a part of that. So just call your name in on, um, uh, and we'll, we'll set that up at the beginning of the year. It's great to be in the God's house amongst God's people. And it's great to be able to, uh, to share the love of God with one another. So let me invite you to do just that, to stand and share the love of God with each other. And as we do, children come forward uh, for our children's message. Hello, 
Thank you so much. If there are any other children, come forward and we'll have our, our children's moment. Good morning. How are you all? Good. Have you got all your Christmas shopping done yet? Oh, good. I don't feel so good now. I'm bad now. Have you even started? Oh, you started? Oh, that's good. That's good. What about decorating your house? Have you all helped your mom and dad decorate? We love to decorate for Christmas, don't we? You put your Christmas tree up? Did you help your mom and dad hang the ornaments? Yeah. You didn't? You didn't do that? Okay. You do that. Okay. I used to like my, I used to help my mom and dad hang my ornaments, and now my, my wife and I do it. Did, what? You did it? Oh, good. It's good to, for you to help your parents do things because Christmas is a hectic time for them, and they need all the help they can get, especially around Christmas. So. Let's talk about Christmas decorations for a minute. You know, we, we put us, one type of Christmas decoration we have is the nativity scene, where we look at the birth of Jesus in a little stable. And there's a typical nativity scene we see there with Mary and Joseph and the animals. There's got to be a dog in there somewhere. I know there's a dog in there somewhere. And the baby Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about a nativity scene in a church. A church had a nativity scene in its front yard, and it was a whole lot like this. And they had church one night, and as they came out, you'll never guess what they saw. We're going to put up what they saw now. A dog had crawled in with the baby Jesus. And the dog had been abandoned. And it was just looking for a comfortable, protected, warm place to sleep that night. And you know something? We're like that, aren't we? Sometimes we're cold, and sometimes we're abandoned, and sometimes we're just looking for a warm, comfortable place to be. And hopefully when we're doing that, we'll be as smart as that dog, and we'll get as close to Jesus as we can possibly be. Because he is warm and comfortable and gives us the right way to be. Yes, sir. What? Okay. And you know something else what that dog is? That dog is a shepherd. And what more appropriate dog to be than a shepherd at Christmas time in the manger with Jesus? Hopefully we can be that way too. Thank you all very much. And I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas, okay? And continue to help your parents during Christmas time. Thanks. Scripture reading for today is Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. 
strengthen the weak hands, and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful of fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunts of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you challenge us to seek out those of a fearful heart, to encourage them to be strong and not to fear, for you will come to save those who have chosen you. You will heal our infirmities, and you will heal our spirits. We come to this time of the year, Lord, when we celebrate the birth of your Savior, Jesus Christ. How wonderful it would be if all of our actions during this season would show the same love that our God showed for us when he sent his son to this earth so long ago. We ask your blessings over this congregation, this town, and this world. May we each try harder every day to share the good news with all those who do not know you. In your name we pray. singing hymn 111 verses 1, 3, and 5. In the 
Will you pray with me, please? O oh God, you make us glad by the yearly festival of the birth of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we, who joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Today we remember Mary, innocent and powerful, sacred and scared, worried and waiting as the Savior of all grows in her womb. She sings boldly when she might be meek. She bears her role in history with the confidence of a warrior. She is the beginning of a mighty revolution as the proud are brought down and the lowly lifted up. Today we give thanks for the Marys and Lottas who step out of the roles society has planned, unintended pioneers to come to do as God has, fearless and fearfully stepping out in faith and beckoning us to do the same. On this third Sunday of Advent, we light this candle as a symbol of Mary, Mother of God, Bearer of the Way.
How many of you were singing along? At least in your head? (laughs) Appropriately enough, our theme for this third Sunday of Advent is music. When the Messiah comes, there will be singing. I think uh, most of us really love the music of Christmas. And this hallelujah chorus that you just saw, if it doesn't, if that doesn't put a lump in your throat, then I, I don't know what will. But of course, you don't have to be a great musician in order to enjoy good music. And I realize that not all of us are musicians. I heard about one man and his wife who were browsing through a craft store one day when the man noticed a display of country-style musical instruments. And after looking at over the, the flute and the dulcimer and the recorders, he, he picked up a, a shiny one-stringed instrument that he thought was a mouth harp. And so he put it up to his lips, and much to the amusement of some of the other sharp, uh, shoppers, he, he actually twanged out a few notes. But after watching from a distance, his wife came up to him and whispered in his ear, I hate to tell you this, honey, but you're trying to play a cheese slicer. <laughs> uh, no, not, not all of us are musicians. Uh, there was one woman who was talking about her parents who had recently retired and her mom had always wanted to learn how to play the piano. And her dad, so her, da- her dad brought her a, um, a piano for her birthday and few weeks later, the woman asked how her mom was doing with her piano lessons, and her dad said, well, we returned the piano, and I convinced her to take up the clarinet instead. And so the woman asked, well, how come? And he answered, because with the clarinet, she can't sing along while she's playing. (laughs) We're not all blessed with beautiful voices. And that's okay. That's all right. We can still make a joyful noise. And many of us do that. We try to do that. I was reminded of the Catholic church in which the choir director had gone to a great deal of trouble to prepare a solo for Sunday Mass. But but as the soloist, her beautiful voice was soaring throughout the church. She was suddenly joined by a bedraggled old street person who had wandered in and, and taken a seat near the choir. And the newcomer's voice had had seen better days, and and it quavered along slightly off-key through the entire song, and and the choir members kept looking frantically at the director who made no move to interrupt the intruder. And then afterwards, some of the choir members asked the director why he hadn't stopped her, and, and he replied, because I wasn't sure which song God would like better. Today's prophecy from Isaiah tells us that when the Messiah comes, there will be singing. You know, there are a few passages that are as joyful as this passage from Isaiah 35. Isaiah writes, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. They will see the glory of the Lord, the the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. 
Then the lame will leap like a deer and the mute will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter into Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. It would be difficult indeed to to paint a picture in which the joy of the Lord is portrayed more vividly than that. They will enter into Zion with singing. And music is so very important to us, especially at Christmas time. The Gospel of Luke doesn't actually tell us that the angels were singing in the heavens when Christ was born. But we would like to think they were, wouldn't we? We would like to think that. And our tradition tells us that they were. Here's how the verse actually goes. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all on whom God's favor rests. Luke tells us that they were saying, not singing. But I'd like to think they were singing. And our songs tell us that they were singing. We sing songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, sing, and angels we have heard on high sweetly singing over the plains. We sing those songs. And so we like to think that they were singing along in celebration of the birth of the Savior. I heard someone define the difference between opera and rap music like this. They said opera is people singing when they should be talking, and rap music is people talking when they should be singing. So maybe the angels were rapping out the message to the shepherds. Probably not. But I would like to think that they were singing in beautiful harmony because, my friends, music is such a wonderful, beautiful gift to us from God. There's a quote attributed to Victor Hugo that says, Music attempts to express what cannot be said about something on which it is impossible to remain silent. I like that. It helps to explain why music is such an integral part of the Christmas season. Because you see, music gives us the opportunity to express our joy and our thanksgiving. A famous preacher from another generation, Charles Spurgeon, once said, I used to know an old Methodist who... The first thing in the morning when he got up, he began to sing a bit of a Methodist hymn. And if I met the old man during the day, he was still singing. I've seen him in his little workshop with his lapstone on his knee, and he was always singing and beating with his hammer. And when I said to him, why do you always sing, dear brother? He replied, because I always have something to sing about. Well, that's good enough reason to sing, isn't it? In Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah promises the people of Israel that they will one day return to Zion. And they will enter into Zion with singing. In other words, they will have something wonderful to sing about. 
Now, Zion is a reference to to Jerusalem, the promised land. And Isaiah was was writing during a time when the land was overrun by by enemies and and prisoners of war had been carried off to become slaves in faraway countries. Much of the population of Israel had been exiled to a foreign land. And so Isaiah is giving them a word of, of hope here that one day they will be able to return to their home, to Zion to the city of God. And for them, this will be a great time of joy, a time to sing. But for Christians, Zion is representative of the kingdom of God. And again, when we enter into that place of eternal promise, there will be singing. And why do we sing? Because there is a need within us to say, thank you. To God. For what God has done for us. Charles Duke. A former astronaut. Came to Christ some years. After walking on the moon. It seems that after his time with NASA. He struggled with depression. And seemed to lack a sense of purpose in his life. And his wife Dottie also was troubled. In fact she even contemplated suicide at one point. But then she began to attend a a church where she gave her life to Christ. And sometime later at his wife's Bible study, Charles also gave his life to Christ. He found a new and compelling purpose for his life. and, And today he offers this comment on his conversion. He says, walking on the moon cannot compare with walking on earth with Jesus. And folks, when you feel like that, you want to sing. Because music allows us the opportunity to express that that sense of joy and that that sense of thanksgiving for what God has done in our lives. But there's another thing that music does for us, and that is that it draws us together as the family of Christ. You know, I could just imagine that band of refugees that Isaiah envisions returning to their homeland after being away for so very, very long. And they're singing as they travel along together. You know, there's something about singing that binds people together. I love to be a part of a congregation that's singing the great hymns of the church. I love to be at a, a Christmas party when someone suggests that we sing carols. It's one of those touchy feely moments that's almost sacramental. We sing together and we feel like an extended family. You know, that's the way. That's the way Christmas ought to be. Rich Mullins was a beloved artist and musician, a songwriter in the world of contemporary Christian music. And before he was killed in a Jeep accident a while back, he wrote many beautiful songs of praise that have touched the lives of of many people. Eric Houck was a close friend of Rich, and and he recalled being with him just to a few days before he was killed in a worship service. Some friends had wanted to get together and, and praise God, and, and almost every one of them brought a musical instrument to play along uh, as they got together. And, and as you can imagine, you know, this guy has a guitar, and this, has, this guy has a mandolin, and this guy has this, and, and they're not all exactly tuned together, uh, but they played them anyway, and the... To be quite honest, the music sounded awful. 
It was terrible. Even the leaders were, were singing out of tune. But, but Rich went up to the microphone and he said, he said, you know, I love to be in a church. I love to be in church. I love to listen to people sing and, and to play from their heart. And he said, in my profession, we worry about being in tune and sounding good. But this music tonight is the most pleasing to God because it's so real. And it comes from the hearts of God's children. That was the last time Eric ever saw Rich Mullins cry. And I'm sure that some of us know what he was talking about and why he was crying. For you see, we know about the, the power of music to, to draw people together in worship. It reaches across the boundaries of social status and gender and race. As that video that we saw just a few moments ago shows, music has a way of, of pulling people together from all walks of life, all races and genders and nationalities. And some of the international worship services that I've participated in, we would sing some of the great hymns of faith together. Same tune but all sung in different languages. And yes, it sounded a bit strange. But folks, let me tell you something. It felt really, really good because it pulled us all together as one family. And, and that's what God wants in our world. I heard about a Russian rabbi visiting with a Christian family in Texas through a cultural exchange program. And since it was Christmas time, the family wanted to take him to some of their favorite places in Houston. And so they took him to their, their favorite Christ, uh, uh, Chinese restaurant. And all through the meal, the, the rabbi extolled the wonders of America in comparison to the bleak conditions in his homeland. And and when they finished their meal, the waiter brought the check, a fortune cookie, and a small brass Christmas tree ornament as a present for the rabbi. Well, they all laughed when the rabbi pointed out that the ornament was stamped made in India. But the laughter soon subsided when they saw that the rabbi was quietly crying. And they thought that maybe the rabbi was offended by receiving a Christmas tree as a gift. But he smiled and shook his head and said, no, I was shedding tears of joy to be in such a wonderful country in a Chinese restaurant in which a Buddhist gives a Jew a Christmas present made by a Hindu. My friends, Christmas reminds us that Christ came to shine his light into the heart of every person on earth. And when we sing together, we sing as as the family of God. Music calls us together as into one beautiful family, especially at Christmas time. We sing Joy to the world and hark the herald angels sing. And what child is this? And I believe that the angels are singing along with us. Because my friends, when the Messiah comes, we are told that there will be singing. For you see, singing allows us to, 
to express that joy and that thanksgiving that we have in our hearts. And it gives us an opportunity to draw closer together as a family of God. But then most importantly, music speaks to us of God. Several years ago, there was an article about a church in Jackson, Tennessee that used music to help what are called at-risk children. They used volunteer piano teachers to give lessons to underprivileged kids, and, and the idea worked wonderfully. Pride and self-esteem and academic performance among these kids were enhanced. They, they, they felt good about themselves. They did well. They studied harder. Their grades went up. And, and not only that, but the, this program caught the attention of the Rockefeller Foundation for Fine Arts in New York City. And the foundation thought that this was a program they may, they may want to consider taking nationally and developing nationally. So they sent the world-renowned pianist Lauren Hollander to go to Jackson to take a look at this program. And while Hollander was there, he, he shared something significant to his audience or with his audience. He shared with them about his own experience of being a battered child. He said that there are a lot of children out there who are mortally wounded in the soul. These are children who are battered spiritually and creatively. And, and, and then Hollander said this. He said that music can bring the, the spirit of love into the lives of these children who have been lost. By allowing them to discover creativity in music, they can begin to express the divine love of God, he says. And finally, Mr. Hollander said this. He said, when I was a child and first heard Bach, I told my sister that we didn't need to be afraid of the dark anymore because I knew that someone was watching over us. I heard it in the music. Do you see that music speaks to us of God? That's why music has always been such an important part of the church. And of course, that's why music is such a big part of, of Christmas. Because the, the words of praise along with the melody express so much joy and, and hope and love and peace. It expresses to us and, and for us the message of Christmas. Let us prepare for the birth of Christ with songs of joy and thanksgiving. Let us sing as God's people with one unified voice. And let us pray that in the music we will sense the presence of God's Holy Spirit at work in, in our lives, drawing us closer together and closer with God. Isaiah writes about the coming age of Messiah. And he says, they will enter into Zion with singing. Every joy will crown their heads. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. That, my friends, is the promise of Christmas. And that's something worth singing about. So raise your voices along with the angels and with every other Christian in the world 
and let us sing praises to the coming of our Messiah. Amen. We're going to give you an an opportunity to sing right now. We're going to sing Emmanuel, number 82. It's an opportunity for you to respond in some way as God leads you. Perhaps you need to make a commitment to Jesus Christ today. We invite you to do that. Perhaps you're looking for a church to become a member of and be a part of the fellowship. We invite you to do that. Or perhaps you need a time of prayer. We invite you to come and we'll pray together. Let us sing together. Emmanuel, would you come? Lord, through your birth in a stable, you have brought much joy into our lives. Joy to the worshiper who has sung the carols for many, many years and still sings them with heart and and soul and voice. Joy to the little child looking at the flickering candles who knows that we are celebrating something that's too mysterious to explain in words. Joy to the one who needs to know that even though your love encompasses the whole world, it is particular enough to meet each grief and loss as though it were the only pain in the world. Oh God, you have brought joy to each of us who are caught up in the wonders of your love as though we were experiencing your birth for the very first time. And so with all heaven and nature... Let us sing, and let us shout, and let us speak our joy to the world. 